0: Both hours of the show are available each week on this podcast and are streamed to our affiliates across the state of Michigan. We're also proud to be part of Detroit's newest and fastest growing podcast network, PodcastDetroit.com. And now, here are your hosts with this week's Internet Advisor. Welcome to the Internet Advisor. Hi, I'm Foster Brown, the co-host of the program and also the producer, and we've got a great show lined up for you. Our co-host, Gary Baker, is back from the bounding Maine, and he'll be joining us on his live line from Florida, and we also have some folks in studio they are going to talk about securing your financial transactions, becoming very, very important as we're doing more and more business online. That's the folks from Zeemster all coming up on this Internet Advisor. Welcome to the Internet Advisor and the beginning of two hours of our program, and uh, we're delighted that you could join us Uh, in studio with me, of course, on my posse here, Mr. Ed Rudell. Good to have you with me. Always great to be here, Foster, and uh, the gray-haired wonder himself. We like to call those platinum highlights.
2: (laughs) (laughs) It's a silver streak that I'm proud to wear. (laughs)
0: That's Cal Carson, and also now with us, we are delighted to have him back in the in the mix. Here is Mr. Gary Baker. How you doing, Gary?
3: I'm doing great, and if I didn't have uh, gray hair before, I certainly do after this excellent adventure I was on for the last two weeks.
0: Oh, my goodness. Yes, you are back from the bounding Maine. You are the pirate of the Caribbean.
3: <laughs> the only thing that kind of resembled pirates, I think, were the uh, customs and Im- immigration <laughs> officials that, uh, of all the countries we went through.
0: <laughs> well, I just got uh, a quick thumbnail. Tell folks a little bit about your, your journey.
3: I just uh I bought a boat in the British Virgin Islands and uh we flew over with a uh, a small crew and uh and brought her back.
0: Now you weren't you you weren't sailing that on your own, right?
3: And I had a small crew.
0: Yeah, exactly. So how many people uh does it take to crew something like that?
3: Well, there were four of us originally and uh we dropped uh two of them off to uh, one of uh our crew members, her brother lived in the Dominican Republic mm. and she hadn't seen him in a while. And uh, so it was a great opportunity for her to have uh, a couple days with us. Sure. And we dropped uh, uh, Gary Corbin and Debbie Arnton off uh, at the Dominican Republic and Dave Guevara and I. Uh, Came back the rest of the way on our own.
0: So the two of you took it back on. Oh my goodness! Now you you have sailed. I'm going to guess before, but has have you ever sailed in these kind of conditions before?
3: Uh, never twelve hundred miles.
0: Yeah how was uh, the, how that was, was that? I mean, this is like uh, around uh, one of the lakes here in Michigan.
3: <laughs> uh, yeah, um, it was it was a lot of fun. Like I said, you know, it was uh, the adventure was getting in and out of every port. Uh, we had some long days. Um, we got tired of, of coming into marinas, you know, very strange marinas, uh, with people at the marina, if they would, uh, come on the radio at all, talking in Spanish to us. <laughs> uh, so one night we just said, uh, we'll just sail, you know, we just cruised all night. And, uh, I was on, I bought a 47, Uh, Leopard Power Cat, Power Catamaran, for uh, four staterooms with uh, individual heads and showers, plus the cruise quarters with heads and showers. So uh, a nice boat, and uh, we've got it here in Fort Lauderdale, and I'm going to be uh, inviting friends uh, and new friends. Uh, to come down and uh, stay on the boat
2: you know i always hated that term heads because every time you <laughs> said that I, i'm thinking there's a boat and each room has this head sitting on top of a table or something like that but <laughs> uh d- shall i digress anymore gary what is the most interesting piece of technology you got on your boat
3: um well you know the, <laughs> we actually brought a lot of the technology with us because we it was redundant um but you know we we use the chart plotter a lot um, and uh, and then backed it up with the uh, the charts individual paper charts that we brought because every you know again sure. everything's redundant uh, but that had GPS uh, you know we down to um, the point where we set up oh, we're gonna you know transition from the sound exuma sound which is you know over ten thousand feet deep uh, of which we only you know, we we wanted to stay in the top three per, three uh, feet of that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, to, to the exuma the exuma banks, and uh, the depth ranged anywhere from about eighteen feet all the way up to, you know, seven or eight feet. Oh. So, um, yeah, you mean. know, it was it was interesting. Uh, our depth meter didn't read that far. We had to go to the paper charts to find out how deep the sound was. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, uh, you know, so we had a lot of that. We had a couple, uh, a little bit of rolly days, um, with a cat, you don't roll very much. Right. Uh, but with following seas, you know, we raced down some of these, uh, you know, downhill. We were hitting, uh, close to nineteen knots. Good grief! Uh, uphill, we were at at nine knots. You ah, know, yeah.
0: so. <laughs> you're talking about the waves that you're going up and down. That is something. That's else. right.
2: You know, you, you're talking about back up there, Gary. And last week, uh, me and Ed were, were, were going back and forth about you and your and your sailings. And, and the question that uh, Ed came up with was, uh, "Do you have a sexton with you?"
3: <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, but uh, the. The, you know, when you're using the charts, the manual charts, um, you know, you have some things that uh, you know go back almost that that far, um, far back when they were using them. Yeah. Uh, so, in many respects, charting hasn't hasn't changed a whole lot um, when you're using paper charts. Now, Obviously, per- very few people do that anymore, unless you have to, because the you know the chart plotters are so good. We can we can tell when we're moving from. You know, three yeah. meters to two meters, or now, now, you know, Gary, five meters to four meters.
0: We're 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 going to come into a break in just a bit, and we've got uh, some guests in the studio. that I matter of fact, you're going to introduce them. <laughs> and uh, before we get to that, though, you're the internet advisor. Can you stay connected when you're on the open waters like that?
3: Well, there's lots of times when you could look in every direction. And not see land, not see another boat. Yeah. And uh, no, there was no connection. I could have gotten a satellite phone, didn't need to do that. It sounds um, like
4: you need a taller mass. But,
3: uh, yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
3: well, and this is a power cat, so no mass.
0: But, uh, all um, right. Gary, we're going to take a quick break here. And when we come back, uh, we're going to have you introduce Kevin Shamoon. And Erica Drozowski, who are from... No, so if if,
3: with Erica's last name, you should introduce her.
0: <laughs> All right. They're folks from Zeemster, and we're going to talk about how you met them and why they're in studio with us here. Mr. Gary Baker online from us, with us from Florida. The rest of us in studio here on Dryland. Well, part of our, um, you will, our assignment here with the Internet Advisor for going on now about 20 years... Uh, with Gary and myself, has been to not only open you folks up to new technologies that are going on and answering your questions, which we're going to do in the second hour of the show, but also to um, acknowledge, to underline, uh, let you folks know about some great Michigan businesses in the technology sector. And with that in mind, Gary, you ran into Erica Drozelski, who was uh, the Director of Client Integrations for Zeemster. And you ran into her at a collision. (laughs) You collided with her. (laughs) No, you ran into her at a conference called Collisions. Why don't you talk a little bit about how you met and uh, what drew you to this company?
3: Well, the the Collision Conference was held and is held every year in New Orleans. It's uh, 20,000 of Erica and my closest friends uh, (laughs) that attend this conference. And uh, there are um, many different types of businesses, but primarily in the featured businesses are startups or near startups. Uh, and it's an opportunity for them to interact with and uh, meet venture capitalists or other funding sources. And uh, it is interesting that I had to go all the way to New Orleans to meet a company from Novi <laughs> yeah. that is doing some really cool technology. Um, Erica and, and uh you know, tell us a little bit about, um, let's first talk about Collision Conference. Um, did you get anything out of that? Was that your first year that you went, and are you going to go back?
5: Yes, it was the first year that we went, and it was an awesome experience. A lot of really cool technology from all over the globe, all gathered together in one of America's greatest cities. It was very cool to see them showcase their products and where different industries are going, and also for Zeemster to find new partners that we can assist them with keeping their financial transactions safe and secure.
0: Gary, we should mention we also have in studio with us uh, Kevin Shamoon, who is the founder and CEO of Zeemster. Kevin, thanks so much for coming in.
6: Thanks for having me. I appreciate you guys uh, doing the show. It's uh, you know great to listen to every week.
0: Uh, how many hey, years Kevin. ago? Go ahead. Go ahead, Kev. Uh, oh, Gary.
3: I was just gonna ask Kevin tell us a little bit about Zeemster and uh, and how you got started and why the name
6: um, you know the name is just uh, something we figured it would be a little bit unique it's sort of a little bit of a play on the word team with uh, the Zemster um, and then as far as the, the business is growing with the team oriented atmosphere and you know that's kind of how the, mm. the name came up but as far as you know the technology side of it I've been in the payment space pretty much my whole life and you know, opportunity came around for uh, payment system, and you know, here we are today, five years later, doing very well for ourselves, and uh, you know, helping businesses keep their transactions secure is kind of our main goal. With integrating with the uh, the software that use that sits on the counter inside your POS system, you know, is our main focus from an integration standpoint. Mm-hmm. So we can help businesses, you know, make sure that they. Uh, are doing things correctly, and
0: uh, try to keep them so they don't get breached. Now, by the way, we're talking, uh, folks, about the systems of payment that could be, uh, you mentioned, on the POS, the point of service, could be on, let's say, the restaurant you go to. Uh, are they, and the question becomes, are they using that little card? Are they inserting the card in there, or are they swiping the card? If there's a matter of technology and adoption of the technology, that is a big issue here. Absolutely. So the
6: you know everyone's been issued or most people now have the the new cards, the chip cards. You know the formal name of it is EMV, EuroPay, MasterCard, Visa is what EMV stands for. It was originated out in Europe uh, initially. Oh, I didn't know it was. Oh, okay. So we're, EuroPay,
0: huh?
4: Yeah. So we're actually behind the uh, the curve when it comes <laughs> to the technology aspect. Yep. Uh, you know, and, and a few years ago when my daughter went to London, I was forever. I was trying to find a chip and pin. Credit card that my daughter could go over to Europe with. At the time, three years ago, there wasn't a single bank that I could get that would offer that, wow. that would provide them. Now, of course, now we have chip, and we don't have pin yet, but we have chip. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Chip and sign. Chip and sign. Thank <laughs> you, you know, Gary.
3: Yeah, you know, Kevin, it's it's really interesting because um, I was down in some of these little little islands, South Caicos, and uh, almost everything is still paper based, with the exception of payment card, credit card transactions, and huh. they look down on me for only having a, a chip and sign and not a chip and
0: pin.
4: <laughs> you petty American. <laughs>
0: yeah. you know, that's that's uh, the ultimate on. ugly American, <laughs> eh? Yeah, it is. <laughs>
6: you know, it's actually the choice of the bank that issues the card and what they're going to require from an authentication standpoint, authentication being signature or pin. Mm-hmm. And a lot of the banks in the U.S. have opted to not do pin because they They've realized that from a consumer standpoint, we're not used to it. And the, I think, backlash they would get from their cardholders would be a lot when they go to use a purchase and
0: they forgot their PIN. Erica, what is what is chip and PIN? Can you explain that to us?
5: So the chip and PIN is the technology that you see on the card that encrypts and tokenizes your information. So Zemster's Payment Gateway helps with that tokenization while the transactions are going through.
0: So how... how- is chip and pin different from chip and signature or chip and sign the, right
5: the chip and pin is just another layer of security okay. so by you being there with the card putting in the numbers it's an additional layer
2: so you do have to still put in a pin number with the card
5: not here now no, no okay. yeah we don't just have signature that now no. right
4: i mean which which is kind of silly because most of us have debit we can remember four or six digits you would think, yeah. Well, no, but but I, that's why I want, and I'm maybe
0: our listeners are as confused as I am. Although I'm normally far more confused, uh, because I seem to remember what even when I insert the card into the machine, that I still have to often punch in the numbers for my PIN. Are you if you're using your debit card it's still the
6: case. Mm-hmm. Ah, I see. So the debit card's really didn't change. The level of the level of security with the chip is really meant to prevent counterfeiting of the cards.
4: Mm-hmm. The the magnetic strip that we've right. all had for Correct.
6: Yeah, the okay. magnetic stripe is constant. It never changes. Right. The chip is actually a little microcomputer on the actual piece hey, of plastic. Explain in your that. So, what's,
2: explain how that work. so what's the purpose of still putting the stripe on it if we're really not using it anymore? Legacy. Yeah. <laughs> are, uh, there's a transition period. So
6: I would say, uh, I forgot what year it is, but sometime in the 2020s, you will no longer see mag stripes on cards. Right.
4: They'll, mm. they'll be purple, and they'll just be decorative and that function.
2: <laughs> <philosophy. laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Ed. I feel so much better. They,
6: they're probably not going to issue cards moving forward. I would say in the in the distant future, at least, with the
0: Apple Pay, Android Pay, those types of technologies as well. Yeah. Now I want to talk about that because I use Apple Pay very often because I have a, a an iPhone uh, you know, six plus, and I, I will go often to the restaurant nearby. I'll just you know use that to pay, or at grocery stores, Trader Joe's, for instance. I can use that. Um, what is the difference when you're using the phone? Is it more secure than the card, or about the same, or what is it? It's actually more secure because the card number that's actually being passed
6: from the phone is different than the card that you actually the number you have in your wallet. Oh, so they're doing uh, an another version of tokenization. So when you actually enter your card into your uh, iPhone or Android device, they're taking that card number going to Citibank or Chase or whoever issued your your card and asking them for an alternative number that they're going to use moving forward. Uh, And the reason for it is, is that when- For
0: that transaction, not for every every transaction.
6: Every transaction from your phone. Oh. So your phone technically has a different card number that's being used. So if you ever get a receipt when you use Apple Pay Mm -hmm. or Android Pay Mm -hmm. and you see the last four doesn't match the card that's actually in your wallet, that's by design.
2: Oh, and all the time I was rejoicing, thinking, "Man, somebody else has paid that bill."
4: <laughs>
2: so I have to ask a question: Did
4: Apple and Samsung and um, Google Google actually do this out of the bet? Uh, you know, as a you the know kindness to, of their heart. Yeah, the kindness of their hearts. Or are they actually getting something out of
6: this? Well, I do know Apple actually earns a lot of revenue from any transactions that are going through Apple Pay. I'm not sure what the others have negotiated, but it was a pretty big deal that if you wanted to offer Apple Pay. On your phone with uh, the issuing bank, the issuing bank had to sign an agreement that said they would give some portion of the transactions actually back to
0: Apple.
2: Mm. Has anyone cracked any of these uh, new technologies? Well, we can talk about that when we come back from the break.
0: Yeah, we're going to take yeah. a quick little break. I want to find out I'm so hopefully the answer is no. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Gary Baker's with us from Florida, and Ed and Caller in studio with me. We're talking also with um, Kevin Shamoon, you just heard, founder and CEO of Zeemster, and Erica Froskowski is with us as well. And we'll be back in just a minute. I want to find out what the services that you guys offer to businesses is. Coming back with Zeemster in just a moment. Welcome back. It's the Internet Advisor, and uh, we are talking with Kevin Shamoon and Erica Droskowski, who uh, they are with Zeemster, a company that's in based in Novi, Michigan, and we found out about them through and uh, been meeting a chance meeting that they had with Gary Baker down at the Collision Conference. Gary's online with us from Florida, and the other guys in studio here. Um, we had a question we were asking
2: just before we went into the break. Does anybody remember what the question was? <laughs> yeah, I remember quite clearly. Uh, we were talking about uh, yeah. the fact that you can you know pay for things using your phone with Apple Pay or Android right. Pay, right. that sort of thing. And my question was, like all the other systems that we have out there, have the Apple Pay or Android Pay right. things ever been breached? Um, not to my knowledge. The biggest thing that's
6: happening from the Apple Pay and Android Pay piece is that the advantage of using them over just your card is if your regular card does get breached or if the, the company that you use your Apple Pay transaction at gets breached, you don't have to get a new card in the mail. So you do have to worry about all the recurring mm. billings you've set up yeah, and yeah. all those types of things. And that's one of the advantages of using Apple Pay and Android Pay is that if the, the business you use your card at gets breached, the bank doesn't have to actually send you a new card. Your card number is
0: not going to change. You know, it's almost—it's like I have two heads when I ask somebody, "Can I use my phone to pay?" Because it's like, what? Huh? How do you do that? And it I think there's still a big learning curve, Erica, for the stores themselves to tell people that it's okay and it's actually more secure to use your phone.
5: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, change is difficult, especially mm. in your daily in and out of how you do all of your transactions, but. In order to be safe and keep your own security, people naturally adopt to it as it goes on. Hey, Gary, what? You know,
3: Eric. Oh, go ahead, Gary. uh, Erica or Kevin, you know, it's interesting because when I was the interim chief information security officer for Beaumont Health, we had eight hospitals, 168 clinics, you know, thousands of staff, and we outsourced our payment card. Uh, transactions to another company because it was better for them and they had better security than uh, than we could provide.
6: Mm-hmm.
3: And that's really um, one of the things that Zeemster is very good at, isn't it?
6: Absolutely. You know, that's one of the, the values that we add for the software companies that are out there that do deal with payments. Uh, the biggest thing that happens with most businesses is they have malware installed in their computer, and that's the way most of these breaches that are happening, you know, in the you know recent history, right? Sure, like with Target or someplace like that, they got exactly. hit. Exactly. So you know, to alleviate where how the car data is transmitted and passed, and that's one thing that we can do. So we can actually take on that burden, like Beaumont wanted to, mm-hmm. from that standpoint, and you know, we deal with our security. We spend hundreds of thousands of dollars every year on security and. You know, penetration testing and you know mm-hmm. network scanning and you know, all the things that and more that you know, you don't even want to begin to discuss yeah, exactly. it. I think I'll put everyone to sleep.
0: <laughs> no, but it's you take care of that scary stuff. Absolutely. You're, you're looking for the monsters
4: under the bed. <laughs> exactly. So so basically you do that for, so that your customers yeah. do not, because you approach, or a lot of customers approach you, and they actually store that on their own systems or their own machines, you were saying. and And that's always a concern. Right, absolutely, and and you've uh, you know basically relieved them of that responsibility, pretty much.
6: Yeah, you know when you start looking at all the security, and then there's the PCI, which stands for Payment Card Industry, the standards that are out there for security, which all merchants and businesses are supposed to comply with. Mm-hmm. And you know a lot of those, uh, the burden of that for the merchants is quite extensive. I mean, obviously, uh, Gary mentioned Beaumont didn't want to deal with it. Most businesses don't. They're asking how they're asking us. You know, how
4: can I get yeah. out of doing it? Yeah, exactly. Well, and the other thing is, if yeah. you remember when we first went to chip cards, chip and sign, um, one of the concerns is people were like, well, this is fast approaching. A lot of the retailers had to pay for that equipment themselves to upgrade so they'd be compatible with that.
6: Yeah, absolutely. The other There's another advantage to, to business owners that are out there as well to realize that the chip card transactions um, are also... Will help you from a chargeback standpoint, and chargebacks are the disputes that if I call the oh, if I call my yeah. bank up and say, "Hey, I didn't make that transaction," mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know wh- who's actually paying the bill. So in the mm. pre EMV days, most of the time the merchant would actually eat the cost of it. So if yeah. I walked into an electronics store and I bought a TV with a wallet, a card I found on the floor, or a stolen card, you know more likely. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the the electronic store would actually take the loss. Now with the EMV, with the technology, because of the security that's involved with the chip and the transaction, the issuer now actually takes the – so the bank uh, actually takes the loss.
3: Kevin, I also – when we hear about all these big breaches, we're not hearing about one or two transactions. The breach isn't happening at the transaction level. The breach is happening when when companies store – Credit card information yeah, right. in their system somewhere, and you alleviate all that. They don't have to store that information. And, you know, we had 42 people that reported to me um, or into in my group when I ran security for Beaumont, and we were fully concerned and focused on the medical records because those oh, were yeah. more expensive. But, you know, we wanted to outsource the PCI activity, the payment card activity. And uh, it was an easy thing to do, and and I don't understand why more companies don't do that.
0: Yeah, Zeemster. By the way, well, I just want to introduce folks again who are with us. Kevin Shamoon, who is the founder and CEO of Zeemster, is with us. And by the way, you can go to our homepage, internetadvisor.net, dot net, and you can see a link there to the company if you want to find out more information about it. And that's uh, Zeemster z e a m s t e r dot com. And uh, um, do you, Eric? Do you folks? Do you hold all that information? I mean, do you have servers that holds all that information, or does somebody else hold all the information?
6: No, we actually do it ourselves. So we okay. actually we follow all the security guidelines that are put out there by the, the PCI Council, which is run by you know a group including Visa, Mastercard, American okay. Express, and those guys. Okay, so who will be some of your
0: customers then?
5: So our customers are anyone that's doing transactions. Period. We target software companies that are assisting small and medium-sized businesses run their business. So imagine you're going to the gym, you store your credit card data, there's a software company associated with it. Mm. We're in everything from Frontier Airlines to daycare software, you name it. No kidding. Every day is pretty interesting on our end. And what's really cool is we're helping them with their business, right? We're keeping them safe, we're keeping them out of PCI scope, and keeping the consumers, you guys, protected as well.
2: What, what's the. F- Erica, I'm you know, Go, ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead, Gary. Uh,
3: uh, Erica, I, you have a very interesting business model, too. When I first started Online Tech, which was an internet services company in Michigan, uh, we had to create a creative partner group, and a lot of the creative uh, agencies would use us to host their clients. You actually sell through that kind of intermediary, reducing your sales costs. Uh, and allowing um, people that are um, responsible for putting that creative activity together, and maybe the the um, point of sale to use you. Tell us about how that works.
5: I'm not sure if I quite understand the question, but they, you know, the customers have to use us in some way, and it's more of a choice of who do you want to partner with. We are founded on great principles. Kevin's put together a really great team around us. Mm -hmm. We're looking for long-term relationships with all of our clients and grow together. As everything moves to software as a service, more and more things are going to be done online, and we're grateful to partner with the great customers that we have and grow with them.
0: What's the future of online tra- transactions? I mean, we've, we've gone from, uh, you know, s- sliding your, your credit card through to a place now where I can just pull my phone out and, and hold down my fingerprint reader and it, boom, it, it's got the transaction. So what's in the future? Retinas? <laughs> well, actually, there's, uh, you, there's, there's videos out there that MasterCard and
6: Visa have put together where they show a coffee shop where you're waving your hand through a biometric scanner. And and your payments being made that fast and that quick. So, you know, those are obviously uh, proof of concept type things. But those things, I think, are going to be coming.
2: You know, with all the tech stuff going on between Midtown Detroit and Downtown Detroit, what made you decide to put your business out in the wonderful Novi Tech uh, Corridor?
6: Um you know it's uh close to home to be quite candid with you. <laughs> <laughs> Short commute. That's right. That so, makes sense. <laughs> um You know the uh from an internet standpoint, the the future of transactions online if they're gonna change as well. Uh we've been approached by the you know Visa and MasterCard as well. You're gonna see more of the Visa checkout type stuff and the MasterCard MasterPass coming out where you're going to go to a website, and if you've ever used the Amazon checkout websites tab, it's the similar thing but more generic.
2: Now, Does your company only provide the software solutions, or do you also provide hardware solutions for potential customers?
6: We will provide the the terminals, if you will, that you can accept
0: payments. Mm-hmm. Uh, for that standpoint, okay, you yes, you do. If they need that, you can provide that as well. Hey, I want to thank you both for being with us, Kevin Shamoon and uh, Eric Zrozkowski. It's been a delight having you with us. And thank I you. managed to pronounce your name fairly closely. <laughs> it was perfect. <laughs> Thanks for having us. I appreciate you. it. Good to have you on Zeemster as the company, Gary. Hang on, because we've got Mr. Mike Brennan coming up with Tech News in just a moment. Mr. Gary Baker and the rest of the gang, back with you in a moment. Welcome back. It's the Internet Advisor, and it's that time... Once again, welcome back from his vacation, Mr. Mike Brennan. Mike, how you doing?
7: Doing great, all refreshed, but I, I heard Gary, Captain Gary's voice. Did he come back from the Caribbean safe and sound?
0: He did. Gary's, as a matter of fact, on the line with us right now. You can assure him, right, Gary?
3: It was a great, uh, great adventure, um, but now I'm back to work. <laughs> are you Are you wearing an eye patch and saying, ah, now, or anything <laughs> like that? <or? laughs> no, uh, you know, we... Uh, we did spend a, a bit of time in a number of different, very exotic places. We had a little boat trouble, so we got a chance to work on a boat in a very uh, exotic place. But uh, now back to the back to work.
0: No, no, par- uh, no parrot on his shoulder, Mike. <laughs>
3: Oh, I my next question: Did you buy a parrot down there? A... <laughs> <laughs> and no buried treasure anywhere. Oh, rats. Huh? Well, okay. Mike,
0: Mike. Brennan, who is on the line with us right now, and was just in Florida himself on the little vacation. You're back at it again and gathering headlines about Michigan technology and entrepreneur and the entrepreneurial scene. And uh, some of the headlines you've got out there uh, just give people a little bit of a taste of what you offer with Tech News. Um, there's a report out that talks about Southeast Michigan's connected and automated vehicle system. Apparently, this whole ecosystem here is really burgeoning. It's growing like mad.
7: Absolutely, yeah. 351 organizations have been identified, and those 351 organizations have 1,400 business relationships, and this all comes from a study done by the Workforce Intelligent Network for Southeast Michigan on behalf of the Advanced Michigan Defense collaborative. And uh, I won't surprise anybody to know that the top influencers are General Motors, Ford Motor Company, University of Michigan, American Center for Mobility, and the Michigan Economic Development Corporation. Those Mm. are the top five in order.
0: Yeah. So we're really developing a whole ecosystem. That's the big news here. It's not just... Uh, you know, banging out cars, if you will, but there 's a whole system that's being that 's growing around this, which is the good news certainly for this part of the country second item I saw on here is that um, gmail is now using machine learning to prevent phishing attacks
7: yeah it's uh, it's going to set up the system, or has set up a system where uh, when the email comes in it, uh, the the machine learning system is going to look at it and see if it is suspicious. If it is, it's going to delay it from being delivered to your box and analyze it to make sure it's not a phishing attempt.
0: Mm, excellent.
7: Uh, I'm sure all this will be done in nanoseconds. This oh, isn't absolutely. like going to take a week or something. You yeah, know, so. yeah.
0: That's, that's part of the uniqueness or the, the remarkable nature of uh, the machine learning and AI uh, is that it's, it's so fast. And uh, it takes care of some of those things that took a lot of deliberations to be done in just nanoseconds, as you say. Yeah,
7: and phishing is really the number one thing in cybersecurity that people fall for that right. allows malicious code or hackers, all sorts of things, to come into their networks or their computers or their devices or whatever. So if you have something that eliminates or at least lessens the chance of that happening, then you'll have fewer problems.
0: Mm-hmm. Another Mike, headline. That means, Go ahead. Go ahead, Mike. that means
3: not having employees, right? <laughs> that too, yes.
8: Uh, yeah, you can't have any
3: employees was... or, any, or any children, for that matter.
7: When my, when my daughter used to come home and use my computer, she'd leave, and I'd have six hundred viruses on it. You know, <laughs> so uh, after that, I said, "You're not using my computer anymore. Get your own." So. <laughs>
0: uh, another headline I see on here is uh about saving lives and saving money, and it's talking about the potential for solar technology to replace coal. It's kind of an interesting headline in view of President Trump's uh, order to, ba- or backing out of the Paris Accord.
7: Yeah, he's big on saving coal jobs, but uh problem with coal is it's not very healthy, and it produces 51999 premature deaths a year according to a study done by michigan technological university wow. and uh, in the study they said that you know i mean how do you how do you how much money do you hang on the price of a life and they said that for if you went with solar voltaics in the u.s you could save 1.1 million dollars invested per life so they've wow. quantified it
0: wow and i as i understand uh, the there's really no way of getting a genie back in the bottle in terms of the coal industry because the changes are already afoot. And you chronicle this in your Tech News very often, uh, looking at the advances that are made in wind power and solar power here in our fair state of Michigan.
7: Yeah, heck, we could even do tidal power. I mean, some countries do yeah. that because the force of the waves generate enough force to generate electricity. So there's lots of ways to do it. That are less, well, that don't pollute.
8: Mm-hmm. I'm,
7: I'm not taking a stand on coal because I know that's a really hot political topic mm-hmm. right now, but I'm just pointing out a few facts. Uh, that uh, and the other issue right now for coal is what's killing it is the low price of natural gas. Uh, yes. Coal is just not very economically competitive against natural gas, it's very really inexpensive. So, I mean, it's got a lot of things going against it.
0: Mm hmm. And as, as, Oh, as attention-getting as it is in terms of going into some of these severely depressed areas and saying, we're going to save you jobs, we're going to bring jobs back, you can't bring them back to an industry that already is limping along because of a whole lot of other market concerns that are going on there. Well, Mike, these are just some of the headlines that you gather throughout the week as you put together the headlines and the stories behind MITech News. And if you folks would like to have that delivered to your home, there's actually a twice-weekly delivery. Right, Mike?
7: Yeah, unless I'm on vacation, in which case there was just one. But, uh, (laughs) But typically on Wednesdays, I deliver the audio and video newsletter for those that want that. And then on Fridays, I deliver uh, the, the the story-based, the text-based stories, so you can have a nice weekend read, catch up with the, sort of your Sunday paper, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, having come from the newspaper business, that was always our big thing, was having great reads on Sunday. Yep. In this case, I deliver this on Friday. I know you're busy on Saturday doing all your sports things, and on Sunday, when you're kicking back having that couple cups of coffee, you can read my publication.
0: <laughs> and then you also have a program called M Squared Techcast that you and uh, your companion do on son- on Mondays.
7: Yeah, that'd be Matt Roush. That's uh, right. And uh, old Matt and I used to be rivals, now we're working together. We've been working technology in Michigan for over 40 years collectively between the two of us. <laughs> and so we have our live podcast that goes out at 3 to 4 on Mondays, but most people listen to the on-demand portion, which, of course, is then featured in the Wednesday newsletters as well. And, of course, I promote it on my social media.
4: Excellent.
0: So, folks, you can get hold of a whole lot of resources simply by going to MITechnews.com cost nothing for you to subscribe while you put your email address in there and you are on your way. Mike, have yourself a great week.
7: Thanks, Foster. You too. Go out and enjoy this wonderful
0: weather. Oh, it is absolutely glorious. Thanks, Mike. Take care. That's Mr. Mike Brennan, the editor of Tech News. Well, Gary, you are going to be staying down there busy in Florida, I understand now, right?
3: Well, for a while anyway, I've got a strategy engagement I'm going to be leading. and uh, so. But I'm going to be back up but, you know, periodically, and uh, who Good. knows where
0: the next one's going to be? Yeah, we're looking forward to it. Maybe you can take us sailing sometime with you. <laughs>
3: uh, you know what? If we could all do it from down here. Ah, we there we do. Here
4: oh, that's a no. Sure. That's, wait a minute! I, I have to look at my wait. frequent flyers.
2: <laughs> Are we talking about a remote internet advisor? There you go. <laughs> completely remote. Yeah, oh, completely remote okay. for all of us on the bounding main. <laughs> Nothing like broadcasting from the deck of a ship with a big chunk of red snapper grill at the same time <laughs> i
0: love that thought sounds very good well gary you have yourself a good week down there we're going to take a quick break here for the news and we come back on the other side of it we will be answering your calls at 800-859-0957 cal and ed and i will be in studio here we'll let gary get back to his my time i'm sorry uh, to his business uh down in florida gary it's good to have you back on dry land with us
3: Thank you very much. Looking forward to next week.
0: Looking forward to it as well. Take care. Mr. Gary Baker in the wilds of Florida. As I said, our number is 800-859-0957. Give us a call. Start now. Boy, last week we had great calls. It started right off the bat. And if you can get yourself doing that again this weekend, we'll have even more time to answer your questions. Again, 800-859-0957 after the news. Back to answer your questions on the second hour of The Internet Advisor. You're listening to a podcast of The Internet Advisor Show. To see the show notes for this program, visit our homepage, theinternetadvisor.net. You'll discover past podcasts, our free toolkit with software to clean up your computer and keep it running strong, and many other resources. You'll also find links to MITechnews.com, our co-sponsored weekly tech and entrepreneur newsletter, edited by Mike Brennan. If you have a question for our hosts, just click the contact button on the homepage and send us an email with the details. And don't forget to look for us on Facebook and Twitter and at Detroit's newest podcast network, podcastdetroit.com. Now let's get back to the second hour of the Internet Advisor. Ladies and gentlemen, start your questions. (laughs) Taking a note from the Grand Prix, which is uh, going on in Belle Isle, we have an opportunity for you to ask whatever the question may be about your computer, about your cell phone, about your printer, about whatever else electronic is giving you fits. We got some folks in studio here just dying to answer your questions. The number is 800-859-0957. And the only dumb question is the one you don't ask. Welcome to our number two of the Internet Advisor. And by the way, I wanted to make sure that I uh, thank Mike Stets, our engineer and producer for the last program, the last hour of our program, rather. And now taking over the stands here is Danielle Mason. Thank you very much, Danielle, for being there. And that's the friendly voice that will greet you when you call 800-859-0957. If you happen to be, oh, just kind of motoring by and you hear that number being given, wonder what this is all about. That's the number that connects you with the technical experts we have in studio here. Many, many years of experience. Cal Carson and Ed Rudell, and I just have experience making problems that other people saw. We had a couple
4: of people stump us last week when we just really just, not, yes. we just could not figure out what was going on.
2: But remember, call early, call often. <laughs> call early, call often. Hey, what number should they call?
0: Boss? 800-859-0957. So
4: how
2: did the, uh, the Mac group, uh, Show go last week. It went wonderfully fine. Uh, they, we talked about uh, password and security and how to create really secure and good passwords. Uh, Dave uh, McGuire yep, right? uh, did a presentation on that, and it was really great. Uh, it it sparked a lot of lively conversation and a lot of discussion. I think a lot of people walked out thinking, hmm, maybe it's time for us to change our passwords.
0: Yep. Uh, yeah. Especially if they uh, have uh, their passwords saved in one login.
4: Yeah. Which... <laughs> well, you know, but the passwords of the people weren't stolen from OneLogin, just some customer data like their name ah. and, and stuff. So their passwords are still safe, but there, some information about the user base of OneLogin has been breached. Yeah. You know what's interesting about that? I'm glad you mentioned that, because...
0: Um, Kevin Chamoon, who was with us from Zeemster this last hour, was talking about that just before he left the studio. They're, of course, involved in security. It's very important. Yep. But he was talking about, for instance, like with the Target breach, that it was, you know, there was this millions of... Ra- yeah, it was right before Christmas, been, two years yeah, ago. ...have been taken. And he said, when they when they dug all the way down to it, there were maybe only thousands of pieces of information that were stolen, not millions. Right. And it wasn't
4: even Target. It was whoever Target was paying to secure their data was breached. Not target,
2: you know, Mm -hmm. so. What was that word that they wanted to use? So it wasn't, instead of breached, it was like an incident or no? Yes, a security incident. Security security incident. Uh, That's great, you know, because I think the breach thing really was probably more from the media. Oh, absolutely! You know because hey, you know, far was, more colorful. Well, a we breach to sell is what news, happens. When,
4: and, and the whole match. A breach is what happens when I'm wearing my tight jeans and I bend over and they rip. <laughs> okay, that's a breach. No, that's a bust. Oh, <laughs> that's an explosion in some cases. <laughs> and I don't wear tight man jeans. I oh, know. I'm sorry. I save that for the my minor clothes. stretchy. You got it? <laughs> Thank God, last radio and not television. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry for that visual folks yeah okay.
0: <laughs> all right the number uh, last week we we were already loaded up with all sorts of questions and i hope that you'll take advantage of that folks again this week to get in early with your questions let us get at them quickly and uh start uh you know encouraging other people to call in with their questions as well the number 800 800- Eight five nine zero nine five
2: seven. Dare I talk uh, about what's going to happen this week? Oh, dare you, indeed! <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I-, I love the speculation machine because it's like gone crazy. I was oh, watching yeah. Bloomberg News. You know, it's it's like a day. wish list. Yeah, almost. It is. So, and, yeah, and Apple anyway. should really capture that and <laughs> incorporate some of that in their next gen stuff. And the scre- the scary part about it is that. Everyone will speculate, you know, the the new iPhone 8 coming out, it'll, it'll have a toaster in the back of it and, <laughs> and this sort of thing. And then 10 minutes after WWDC is over, they're already speculating on iPhone yeah, 9. I know. You know, it's like, this is nuts. Or, or, you know, we're
0: disappointed that X didn't happen. I was like, oh, please. Yeah, you know,
2: it's like, well, if you're disappointed, just don't buy the phone, go buy something else. <laughs> Do you don't like your rose-covered cases? Come on. <laughs> so
4: so, what is some of the
2: stuff? Well, to well, uh, some of the speculation, and all this is speculation because none of us knows what the heck's going on. But uh, the thought pattern is such that iOS 11 should be announced because this yeah. is a software rollout. Th- this right? would be a software rollout right. for all the iOS for devices. WWDC or whatever it's called right? during the worldwide Worldwide Developers Conference for, WDC. for Apple. Okay, WWDC yeah, okay. it starts uh, it starts on Monday. Monday. That's Monday. not a wrestling organization. This <laughs> is correct. Okay. This is correct. So they'll uh, they'll have the keynote on Monday. And uh, they'll talk about, I guess, whatever they want to talk about in that particular case. Uh, The speculation is iOS 11 should be some announcements in it, uh, some of it being major in the sense that it hasn't really been uh, revamped much since probably iOS 7 or 8. So we we're looking for a brand-new interface and some new things on that particular front. That, that's
0: the uh, operating system for the MacBooks? That
2: would be the operating system for the phone and operating oh. system for the iPads. Okay,
0: I'm sorry. Okay, that, And then uh, the uh, Mac OS update. Correct. is the one that's for the laptops. Okay. That would
2: be for the laptops, the desktops, and the, and the Mac Mini, and that sort of thing. Uh, they figured there'll be some more talk about that coming, too, as well, because it's a developers' conference, obviously, so they would talk about the new things that are going to be going on with that new operating system and what the developers can create and build into that as well. Uh, more integration with the iOS uh, is expected in the Mac OS on the laptops So they talk, you know, seamlessly more together than so, they do so now.
4: So will we be able to use, and, and forgive me, but will we be able to use the App Store on our Mac OS?
2: You actually do use the App Store yeah. on Mac OS okay. already. Yes, okay. Yes. And and, sure. and that goes out and it pulls apps for the Mac operating system, Okay. where if you go out to the App Store with a iOS device, it would pull uh, stuff for the iOS mm-hmm. operating system in that particular case. Uh, TV, uh TV, um, oh, yeah. Apple TV. Right if they upgrade the os for the phones and for the tablets chances are the tv will also get well, some wasn't there a big deal that
4: they just announced that uh uh apple tv just got some major amazon i think is what they're looking for
0: oh that's yeah well amazon
2: there's some TV, amazon yeah. integration yeah. I- integrations coming in with that but i think apple also bought uh carplay karaoke Uh, as a show that they're going to be offering on Apple TV on a Ah, regular basis, too.
0: Okay. Hey, we're going to come back after the break, and we'll talk a little more about the WWDC coming up on Monday. But we'd also like to have you call us with your concerns. Thank you for being here for the hour number two of the Internet Advisor, and that is the time. You set the scene, folks. You know, you really tell us, you, you program this hour with your questions, and we are delighted to have that happen. We'll do our very best to dig into something and get some answers for you. As Ed mentioned, last week we had some real... Boy, they crossed our eyes a couple of times in order to try to get a handle on what the problems were, but we'll take a crack at it. And And a
4: couple people called back and said that worked. That was wonderful. Thank Um, you for doing that.
0: Thank you. Yes, exactly. Thank you. Or email us back at internetadvisor.net and let us know... Uh, if it has worked or not worked, we're, we're more than happy to keep on pursuing answers to your questions. Randy is with us from Auburn Hills. Randy, you welcome to the Internet Advisor. What can we do for you?
9: Well, I first like to say I really appreciate the show and uh, the gentleman that uh, did the cruise. Mm-hmm. Are you going to are you going to write a book?
0: Oh, I, we should ask Gary. To, oh, I'm sure he's got Gary has got more stories from both the tech yeah. world and that and that trip. And he's got more to come, by the way.
9: He's just, <laughs> he's just
0: begun to write the chapters.
9: Yes. Um, I'm blind, mm-hmm. and I'm in the process of um, getting a new laptop. Mm-hmm. And I just had a, a couple of quick questions. And sure. As far as the Apple products, I know that the iPhones, they're using iPhones for the blind and deaf. Mm-hmm. Do, they, do they provide uh, the same type of... Uh, ability to use the laptops uh in the Apple products.
0: For for the blind and the deaf? Or well for people who are physically challenged, I would have some, period.
9: Well for, for blind uh, and yeah. uh there's right. a program that um that I use it's called Jaws.
0: Yeah, Jaws and there's Dragon what's the, Dragon Speaking, I think is not no I'm, that's an old
4: product, Dragon No Jaws and um I can't remember what the other product was called. Yeah, Randy, what is it? There? There's another one out there, too, isn't there, Randy, besides Jaws? I, I,
0: I, I'm just familiar with the Jaws. Okay, I, okay. I, I That's a. That. I think
4: it's called Eyes, isn't it? I forget. It's, uh, it's well, this,
0: the one that you've got, Randy, is a screen reader, right? Yes. That's yes. Just for the sake of the people who may not be familiar with it, but it's it is a very well-known one. Okay, good. So your question is, how good are the Apple, for instance, laptops at using
2: Jaws? Correct. Okay. Cal, what's your thoughts? Uh, they should be just as good as the, the desktops are at doing it because it's the same uh, operating system and everything. It's just a matter of it's on a different uh, platform mm-hmm. as far as the actual medium and stuff like that, but it should work just as well. Uh, if you get a, a decent enough laptop that has uh, enough uh, processing power and stuff like that and enough memory, you should be fine with it. Yeah,
9: Even I mean, though it's a really, Microsoft product formatted
2: for microsoft oh oh it's 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 made well in that particular case uh you could go the other way you would go is that you would uh load um either parallels or vmware on the mac and then load the uh, Windows operating system within that software, mm-hmm. and then you could run it on uh, on a Mac if you wanted to. But I'm, if if you're going through all those sort of changes, in my particular opinion, I think you might be better served just uh, using a Windows machine to do that with.
4: You, that's okay. the question. I mean, is JAWS even compatible,
2: or do they make a version for I, the Mac? You know, that's a good question, because I don't think I've ever seen JAWS for the Mac. But, uh, I, you know, we... It, we yeah, get, that's... One of that's the best ways to find it. out is just to go to Jaws themselves and just ask I them think. if they do. You know, I'm okay.
0: looking at. I, I just went uh, and and Googled this, and I'm seeing a um, a YouTube video that that says how to install and configure Jaws on a Mac in a VM in a virtual machine. Yeah, so that's sort of sort yeah. of so they, know. so
2: they don't write it for the Mac, is what it is. Yeah. yeah. Okay.
9: Then um, I had another question. I sure. lost the original disc for the uh, JAWS, and I'm registered as the owner. Mm-hmm. Am I entitled through JAWS to be able to get replacement um, uh, discs i I'm sure, loaded onto a new machine?
2: I'm sure they would probably give you replacement yeah. discs. The only caveat I think that would go along with that would be, one, uh, how old is your version as compared to what they have currently out? And number two, uh-huh. they'll charge you probably for the media and the mailing of such in other words they you know maybe 10 bucks yeah. or something like that but for the most yeah. part i can't see why they why they wouldn't let you allow allow you to do that and they might even be easier than that they may just allow you just to download it directly from the internet back onto your machine and you'll have a uh. quicker Okay. You know what, I'm going to ask, I'm going to put a call out here to Ted Lennox and some of uh, Ted Lennox,
0: who's a, dear, a great friend of ours, who's been on the air with us a number of times. And there's also some folks up in Port Huron who are blind, uh, and that maybe they can call in with some insights into this. Because I think, it, oh. it, the, I know that radio has forever been the friend of the blind, which I love. Yeah. And I love, yeah. you know, being part of that. And WJR as one of the legendary stations uh, in the country. Uh, as an a m legacy station yeah. has been a big part of that, and um, so i 'm going to see if any of the guys out there gals who are who are blind uh, can help us with some insight into this, and you well, folks by the way, can call eight hundred eight five nine zero nine five seven as well and give us it, some of your uh, insights.
9: It opens up a whole new world for blind people, for being able to. Um, it, it's it really is. It's oh, remarkable! Yeah, well, and, 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 and,
4: and they've I also think. made quite a uh, a bit. Let's see, an improvement, I'd say, over the last five years. Oh yeah, as far yep. as. Uh, interpreting websites, which is not an easy task. So when you're yeah. navigating a website, that can be very difficult. For us, with uh the sighted. when we look at there, we can look at the bolded text and the highlight. An e-reader may decide to actually read the ads first, as opposed to, you know, and then that could just frustrate someone that's oh, trying I to imagine. navigate yeah. the Internet.
2: Do but you, they've come quite a ways. Do you know what version yeah. of JAWS that you have currently?
9: No, I don't know. I don't know. Okay,
2: what? because JAWS 18 uh point zero is uh available out on their website and you can just download it, it again from there and then whatever license number that you have you can mm-hmm. use that when you do the reinstall
9: cool cool you guys are fantastic thank you again and uh oh yeah I, and you are so right um mr uh foster in the regards of um the am radio is yep. um yeah. Uh, it's a lifeline. It really is. I know, and,
0: and it's been it's an honor to be very honest with you. It's an honor to be able to serve uh, you and the other members of the uh, of the blind community. Thanks so much for giving us a call, Randy. And and by the way, again, if you have some insights into this, because we know that there are a lot of listeners out there who are blind and have found marvelous ways of using the technology. I'll never forget Ed uh, T- uh, Ted Lennox came in here one time, and uh, he had a young man with him that he had taught used to use
4: some of this uh, software. Remember yep. that?
0: He came in with all sorts of equipment. It was, it's just absolutely
4: fascinating. Oh, it's fascinating. So, you know, they has that mechanical braille, which he, he can yes. actually surf the internet with, and, and interactively, it, it actually raises and lowers a number of pins, and he's actually navigating a website on a, uh, uh and he's able to actually mm-hmm. braille read the web page. We had a young man into, I remember he had, he had an iPhone, and he was using the
0: iPhone yep, to, man. uh, surf in that. Remember that? Yep.
2: You know, you know, um, not just Dragon, naturally speaking, but uh, the Mac OS, you can actually turn it on where it will read back what's on the screen to you as well. Uh, and, and I think and, Windows 10 does the same thing, yeah. I believe. Yeah. So you yeah. can do it that way, too, as a… Inexpensive uh, solution for doing Yeah, because I imagine well. I think Jaws
4: is really expensive. Yeah, it's
2: let's, it's up there. It's over five hundred and less than a thousand, so it's up there. Um, but it's made by a company named si- uh, Freedom Scientific and uh if he goes to that website he can download the software again and as long as he's got his license number i'm sure he'll be able to mm-hmm. it. oh
4: that's the product i was looking for it was called windows eyes and it was also made by freedom scientific oh really but they made an announcement um that basically that they're no no longer supporting the product oh
0: okay so okay. Um,
4: you know, so, why make two products, right? Yeah,
0: why well, Jaws is the product that's that's worked so well. Uh, our number again eight hundred eight five nine zero nine five seven. Whatever you may have a question about, and I think it's kind of neat that Randy called with that question about uh, software for the blind on the Mac. Uh, if you have some insights, please give us a call at that same number eight 800- hundred. Eight five nine zero nine five seven. We're going to continue with some uh, speculation, if you will, about what's coming up at WWDC, which is the Worldwide Developers Conference, coming to San Jose. Am I right? San, San Jose, California, I
2: believe. Um, yeah, I believe that is correct.
0: And uh, that's coming up on Monday. Uh, if you're interested, I, I love tuning into that and just kind of letting it run and watching, uh, you'll listen to the keynote and then, uh, watching some of the other coverage.
4: There's oh my goodness. Of- I remember these guys I used to work with at the Rensen when we, uh, worked for EDS slash HP and he would, you know, Joe. Yeah. And, and he would have that blaring in his cubicle. <laughs> and I'm like, Joe, you're being paid by EDS slash HP to do work. I'm listening to my Apple <laughs> WWDC.
2: And Oops. and I need to keep up with this stuff. <laughs> uh, it's important. It's important it is. stuff. <laughs> Especially the, the fact that now now the one thing that, that I'm really kind of excited about that they're rumoring about is the Siri Smart Speaker that they're talking about.
0: That we can talk about that when we come back. We also have some folks on the line right now. And we've got space for your question as well at 800 859 957 Back in just a minute, thanks to Daniel Mason, who was answering the phones there. You'll hear her lovely voice when you call in, 800-859-0957. Welcome back. It's the Internet Advisor, 800-859-0957. I have been broadcasting for 40 years, and I still can't give you why. Some days we get lots of calls, and some days we don't. Last weekend was a holiday weekend, and I thought, oh, we're not going to get anybody calling in. And we were jammed with calls. This weekend, we got just a very few calls coming in. We're going to be getting to them. Matter of fact, uh, Jim will be with you in just a moment. But I'm, I just want to let you know we've got phone lines open here and uh, people who are more than happy to pitch in and help you as best we can with your computer problems or with your digital devices. And the number again is 800 859 0957 and um you'll
4: uh, just a quick yeah, question for the next 30 minutes yeah we'll
0: for here. the next 30 minutes roughly we got that let's get let's dive in and say hello to jim jim from toledo welcome to the show
10: how you guys doing
0: doing fine glad to talk with you sir what can we do for you
10: hey i got a question for you i'm uh i'm of the age group i'm a little too old to understand this so <laughs> help me out please <laughs> we have uh i've got two two young men in my house that are gamers and mm-hmm. uh, we have a uh we have a, a cable modem, okay, and then it goes to a wireless router. And then, because the boys are gamers, we have a uh, and the house that wasn't new when I bought it, so we we pretty much have a uh, a 5e or ethernet cable running up the stairs under the carpet to their rooms so they can have the high speed internet. I am I'm running with a Linksys N series wireless router, okay, okay. yep and i was going to have um a company here in town like run 5e or 60 cable up through the walls up in the in the attic and down for their rooms for the high speed in it get rid of that cable that's kind of an eyesore when it pops up above the steps but
1: mm-hmm. sure okay. i've
10: got i've had a couple people tell me don't even bother spending any money on that go to a go to a mesh system
4: really hmm
10: yeah like linksys linksys and various others make this apparently mesh wireless thing and they said that that may be the way to go and save yourself the money running hard wires.
0: that no that's very interesting guy
4: <sighs> well i'm not sure about i mean right now um it depends on what you're getting on the uh on the back end of your router usually right. they only provide 100 megabit and you're not even getting that um so you, you're the network connection that through the hardware is usually about a hundred megabit, but your internet provider only usually provides you like 16 or eight gigabyte or, or 16 gigabyte. So you're really not even using that. So the wire is, should be more than adequate. Um, and, and the thing is, is, let's see. So if you were to use even your wireless right now, if you were just to use standard wireless, that, that supports, um, you know, gigabit connection speeds. Um, okay. So, I mean, as long as they get a, I mean, even a, a strong wireless signal up there, you're not going to max out your the throughput provided by your internet service provider.
10: Okay. I um. I mean, I, I really, I, w- I had. Go well, on. the the one boy's computer is a PC. Everybody else is working on a Mac. So the the son with oh, the PC, <laughs> if, if we did this mesh thing, he's going to have to get a a wireless card for his computer. So I'm not, and I just. Yeah, I'm not, I don't understand the whole system enough to.
4: Well, you could buy a wireless card. About, but. You could, um, most laptops and even most desktop or all laptops, but most desktops now also ship with a wireless adapter in there. And you could buy a wireless, uh, USB adapter <coughs> for a desktop computer for 20 bucks. Okay. You really, right. and it plugs into the USB port. You don't even have to open the thing up, and it'll it'll plug into the USB three or USB three C. No, ports. no,
2: that that wire they currently have running up the steps and that sort of thing. When it gets up to the top of the steps, what is it plugged into?
10: It's it's plugged into like a splitter, so one. Another cable goes into one boy's bedroom. And another cable goes into the other boy.
2: <laughs> okay, so both of them are running off of hardware. Are they both using uh, laptop computers, or are they using desktops, or what? One the
10: one's a laptop. The the big gamer is on it. He's a, he's the one that's on a PC desktop.
4: Yeah,
2: and I mean, and why do they want to get
4: faster speed? I mean, the, the the thing is, gamers always want faster, and they think it's they're getting lag, and it may have nothing to do with your home network because if they're hardwired now. Uh, oh, you know, I know wonder- that's not a big deal. So I mean, if they could take their computers and if they plug it directly into the the connection in the in the uh, in the main floor, then uh, if if they're not getting an improvement, then the problem is with your internet service provider,
0: right? Okay. Why oh, should you say yeah, that? Yeah.
4: Hey guys, do we have that? Do we have? Don't we have a problem if? With- that the
0: system no, slows no, down? No, Oh, okay. No. Not,
2: not with hardwire. Not with Matter hardwire. Matter of fact, that's oh, okay. re- and that's the reason why they probably want to be hardwired rather than doing it wirelessly. That way the system doesn't slow down with the slowest device that's so the on the slowest device speed. So I'm thinking it's probably a good idea to run a Cat6 from you, wherever you're getting your internet in oh, so up you, okay. through the house and then when you get upstairs to their room, put in a gigabit switch and then run Ethernet to each one of their rooms up there. That way they get a nice solid speed throughput all the way through. And then if that's not if fast enough for them, then the problem is not with the network. Well, I don't think it's the problem. I mean, um but what about this mesh
4: network? They do make wireless repeaters, but then again, and, and they can yeah. extend up there and... Some of these wireless repeaters, they basically just plug into the electrical outlet in each of the ch- kids' rooms, and then they can actually hardwire from that, or you'd have to buy another wireless device. I mean, there's so many different scenarios and options available, and, and it's not really a mesh network. It is basically, think of it as like wireless repeaters, so that it well, they, you they, know they extend I've, the signals.
10: I posed that question to a couple in-the-know providers and stuff, and they said, well, Maybe you don't need a repeater, maybe you need a wireless hotspot. So
2: Yeah, and well you already know. have one in the basement. How much okay. money are you looking to sink into this?
10: I uh, I'm figuring the wiring's probably gonna run me a couple hundred bucks just to to hardwire up to both the boys' bedrooms.
4: How much? How many uh, paper routes do they have to do for them to pay for that? I mean, <laughs> you, you
2: know, I, I I think you'd be better served if you if you're going to start spending that type of money. I think you'd be better served getting in contact with a local communications company that deals with uh, computer networking in your area. Have them come out and and do a, a estimate and a site survey of what you want done. And tell them, this is what I'm trying to achieve, and this is where I want it to go, and have them take a look at that and then give you a bid for what that would cost. Because uh, there's a a bunch of different ways we can go, but without really knowing specifically all the ins and outs that we want to do, you know, we could give you a solution, but is it the right solution for you? A professional that can do a, a site survey and really make an assessment of your internet service provider and what you want to get for your end product yep. would be a better deal.
4: Well, the also thing he can call his internet service provider, it may be actually cheaper for him to rent another box and the internet service provider will actually oh, yeah. run another cable up to the, up to the upstairs. That's another way of doing it too. And, and, and it might be cheaper for you to rent that
2: box from your ISP, your internet service provider and and i got you yeah no, because okay. it because that box that they put up there will have four ports on the back of it for ethernet and you can plug in plug those guys into those four ports you got a second box up there it's a second dedicated network yeah. and it should reduce a bunch of problems well, for you I, yeah and you, can, you can put it in the, the r- cable provider will put it in for free because they'll run the cable for you now the, a, okay. a a question
0: uh, by the way Jim while we still have you there guys if if you've got two sons or two kids in this particular case who are both ad- active gamers and they're both banging away on uh, Call of oh, Duty I'm, or whatever I'm sure else, they, I'm sure they do some homework on there. <laughs> All right, yeah. but if they're well, both yeah. Yeah. The, uh,
10: the older the older one's banging away in another way, but the younger one's the big <laughs> gamer. <so> he...
0: <laughs> <laughs> okay, if they're if they're online and they're they're using
2: a lot of uh, of bandwidth. The bandwidth uh, they're they're stealing from one another aren't they guys no no they should be, it should work out pretty good just the way it is uh, the the only thing they'll be sharing the bandwidth coming to that box but it won't be any any less than what they're sharing right now right and now, if yeah. not okay. they'll probably be sharing it better okay. than they are currently okay yeah. okay so it yeah, sounds yeah go ahead i you
10: know i don't care which way this thing goes i'm just I just want to get, you know, a, a clean look to the house where there's not sure. a wire coming out of the I, wireless.
2: I think Ed's suggestion. I think Ed's idea is excellent. Yeah. I would go yeah. that way. I'd say, look, I want a yeah. second router in the house. Or, or you could move your primary one up there and use one of the, you know... Uh, That's and, a good point. And the yeah.
4: satellite would be your main living room, you know, because well, as that, you
10: really... That might be the case, too, because I, I, I don't game at all. I just... Right. Yeah, but I your receiver for your TV
4: is probably downstairs for your your whoever your cable provider is. Yeah, but
2: the cable provider will run the wire wherever the heck he yeah. wants it Exactly, right. and it won't cost them anymore. Right? They can just say, "I do
4: I want this box relocated." It's, you know, but right. I still need the TV downstairs working. You
0: know, Jim, let let us know what you come up with this. I'm I'm fascinated to find out what the solution is. Uh, who's your cable provider down there in Toledo?
10: Uh, well, I, I live in a I live in Savannah, Ohio, and there's oh, yeah. only two providers. You right. got Buckeye Cable, which is owned by the local newspaper, which mm-hmm. is what we've got at our home, and mm-hmm. then Frontier is the other one. I, uh, I,
0: Frontier. I know Frontier. Yeah, I know Frontier. Yeah, I, I,
2: I'd mm-hmm. have the cable provider come out and offer you a solution first. Yep. And if that that solution looks like it makes sense, and it'll probably end up being a lot more economical than going to a a, a network yep. provider. Yeah. And and I think that should work out really well. for Yeah, them. because there, uh, you call your provider, and they're going to h-
4: pay a, a contractor to come over there and do it for our, yeah, you know. So. All yeah. right, Jim, let, let us know,
10: <laughs> guys. Uh, appreciate but, your show and your knowledge. Yeah, all right. That was a
4: good. That was some good brainstorming. Thank you. Back yeah, it's good to We hear. came up with several ideas. Yeah, and Joe had some I'll, good ideas. I'll
10: follow up when I get her done.
4: All right, thank you. i will be
0: very interested to hear what you come up with. All right, by the way, we still have uh, like another 15 minutes before the show is out of here and an opportunity for you to call in, 800-859-0957. The Internet Advisor is on the air here to help you out Cal Carson and Edward Dell in studio. Cal, you're about to be gone for the rest of the month, I think.
2: Well, I'll be going down to Atlanta to do my skating thing that I do every year down there. It's Skate Atlanta. Which is a big four day competition that we do. And then uh, I'll be back. Uh, I actually have MC for a uh, theater group. Uh, we're having our award ceremony that, that Saturday. And then I go to Grand Rapids, that wonderful place, and <laughs> do another skating competition there. But you know something? I just wanted to talk about. Uh, One other thing from uh, Worldwide Developers Conference, and that's the thing with uh, Siri. And and we can chat a little bit more about that. We'll get to
0: that after the break. And we uh, we do have a caller coming in. And, by the way, room for a couple of calls here at 800-859-0957. Back in just a moment with the Internet Advisor. Thank you once again to Daniel Mason, who has been our uh, engineer and producer. Thanks, Daniel. Great job again, of course. And that's the friendly voice that answers the phone at 859 eight hundred eight five nine zero nine five seven. Russ from West Bloomfield will be with you in just a moment. Uh, Cal, before we went to the break, you were talking about one of the things you're looking at.
2: Oh, I'm looking forward to looking the, forward to coming up. At, the uh, one rumor that I'm looking forward to most of all from the WWDC is the thing about the Siri uh, box. It's supposed to be coming out. It's supposed to be uh, competitive with the uh, Amazon Echo oh, yeah. and, and, and the right. home box for Google. And uh, oh, it's it, a, it's going to compete against, is that what you said? Yeah. It's yeah. going to be in the same class. Oh, yeah, cool. The, the difference, uh the rumored difference is it's going to have a camera in it where it will oh. watch who's talking and that sort of thing as well. Well it won't have a screen. No, it won't have a screen. Uh, but Amazon is
0: the one that does have the screen.
2: Yes. Do they have a camera on that as well? I do not know. should check that out. I've got an right. Echo at home right now. In a box oh, you do, and I'm just looking at it It's in a box. I never wanted to it's did, in a box in a box, you know box, for some reason or another i'm a little bit i I'm part of the old school paranoid, figuring if I plug this thing in, it's constantly listening to what's going on in my house, you know, yeah. and I don't want anybody to know that I really do like blue cheese with peanut butter <laughs> on a cracker, but you know you never know. <laughs> you never know, but I'm looking forward to that product if it gets announced. And on that tasty note, let's move on to Russ from West Bloomfield.
0: Hi, Russ. How you doing? Welcome to the Internet Advisor.
8: Oh, thank you for taking my call. Uh, I was calling to see if uh, you have any advice on the best kind of, or best way to uh, find to use or to take something like a. a a newspaper article, or mm-hmm. a paper of some kind, or a letter, or mm-hmm. something like that, and convert it from text to voice so that I could then listen to it. Uh, oh, on my phone or in, or on uh, or uh, yeah, play yeah, through my car speakers, that kind of thing. Yeah, uh-huh. when I'm not doing anything else, you know. Okay, so
0: you want to take you want to take a print article. It could be anything from a PDF to an article in the newspaper, etc. You wanna record that and then convert it from a text or a word. Photo or whatever. whatever. Whatever it may be, to convert that to an audio file. Right? right?
8: Yes, I like to listen okay. to it, you know, when I'm driving back and forth home or, or wherever. Sure, you know, sure. Exercising or something like that
0: uh
4: boy any thoughts guys i've I've
8: (laughs) heard that that is possible oh yes yes it's possible
4: but it takes it's usually two or three steps and i don't know of a single app that does it my son said dad i have these textbooks that you know when you you go to college and you have the option of receiving the stuff in pdf format right Mm -hmm. so you pay eighty dollars for a file instead of an actual textbook um uh so and he goes. I'd be really nice when I'm driving back and forth to Grand Rapids to listen to those. And uh, but but that's taking an electronic document and then going to audio. Cal, Cal yeah. you were just
0: talking about doing this with the uh, Mac there, well, uh, highlighting and, and its machine language. And it will read it. Yes. Yeah.
2: Well, here's the first trick though. You'd have to you'd have to have the document in a editable text format to start with. Mm-hmm. And then once.
8: Yeah, can't you just convert convert the document to a PDF and make it editable? With you know, if you have like uh, you know the software to do that.
4: Yeah, it's a it's a several step process. First, yeah. you have to scan it or take a photo of it, right. convert it to right. text, and then edit it for errors. And by that time, you've already read read it,
2: <laughs> and then you're going to well,
8: have it depends, <laughs> depends on the length of it. You know, you're right. But. Yeah,
4: yeah, y-
2: yeah. You you you'd pretty much have to do something. like I know. Matter of fact, you know something? Google. can
4: do that really you just take a picture with google goggles and
2: it'll read it to you actually i don't know if you can read i don't know how you get it into uh um i know you can take there's an app in google that you can download it's free and it will read text for you but uh you have to first like you said uh uh, scan it pdf it make it editable and then it'll be readable by that and I'm sure there's an application that someone's created where you just take your phone, you take a picture of uh, an
4: article on the paper, and highlight the paragraphs, or it'll do it automatically for you, and then it'll read it to you. But I haven't found one yet because I'm not willing to pay for that.
2: Or better yet, what is the source of this documentation that you want to have uh, audible?
8: Well, it, it well it doesn't any any particular source. Yeah, but I don't could, have right. I don't have a lot of difficulty. Uh, Converting documents to PDF and then mm-hmm. making them editable—you
0: just have, you know, Adobe, uh, you know, Adobe. Listen, uh, here's a couple things that I found just kind of quickly, and I want to make sure we can get to answering your question. And then Jeremy, who's out in yeah. Shelby Township. But yeah. anyway, I, I googled this, and, and essentially what I put in was Google Screen Reader, and I came up with Chrome Vox. Which essentially is, it says it brings the speed and versatility and security of Chrome to visually impaired users.
4: So that's one thing that's out there. Well, yeah, but you have to; it has to be on a website. So, I mean, if you, if you have the well, text in the, electronic mm-hmm. format, it'll read it to you. That's well, what it's the saying.
8: motivation for something like this. It's like if I want to study something, and sure. it's, uh, it's technical or difficult, yeah. you know, and I want to listen to it two or three or four times to make sure I understand it well. That, yeah, you know, that's. That's probably what your son was doing. What what type of
2: what type of phone would you be using uh, to do this? Would it would it be Android or would it be? Uh, I have an
8: iPhone. An iPhone. iPhone. Five iPhone five. Yeah. Okay, because I
2: see there's a there's something called V Books PDF Voice Reader on the App Store uh, for the iPhone that you'd hmm. probably use.
4: Yeah.
8: Okay. PDF reader? You said? It's
2: called V as in Victor, B O O K, Z as in Zorro. So
4: like voice book, basically yeah. V Book.
2: It's called V uh, V Books PDF
4: Voice Reader. Yeah. Okay. So and, and that's the thing. So okay. many sources come in so many different you know, is it a HTML? is it PDF? You know PDF. Um, PDF. Oh, it is. Oh, so you already have it in PDF format. Mm-hmm. Well,
8: yeah. if it's not in PDF, I'll, I'll he's going to
4: convert PDF. it. Oh, yeah. I, got I you. Oh, okay. Adobe, Well, That's uh, half the battle.
2: Mm-hmm. He's going to yeah. scan well, it and use so Adobe Acrobat problem. Pro to convert it to a PDF. So look, yeah. look that yeah. up. It it looks like that might work for you. And are you ready for this? Okay. It's free. Okay.
8: Oh wow, that sounds good. Yeah,
0: that's the best news of all
2: today. <laughs>
8: yeah.
2: Okay, Russ,
0: okay. Take it out. Try it you on. Very let much. us Yeah. And again, you know, drop us a line and let us know how that works for you, okay?
8: Okay. Thank you very much.
0: Thank, Thank you, you as well. All right, let's see if we can uh, wrap things up here with Jeremy. Jeremy, welcome from Shelby Township. You got oh, the last call. What can we do for you? Hi, it's Jenny. Oh, Ginny. <laughs> I'm sorry. Yeah, that's Go ahead. okay.
8: Um, I was uh using my uh 8-year-old computer and it was getting ready to die so I went ahead and bit the bullet and bought a brand new Dell. Okay. Um uh it has uh it's an i5 and it's a it's a good computer. They told me it, it has the solid state um hard drive. Hard drive. Hard. Yeah, okay. And I tried to hook it up with my wireless which the other one was on okay and it is so slow in fact it is so slow that i ended up running a uh, earth ethernet wire through my house mm-hmm. just so i could use my computer
0: and, and how, did, did that improve things
8: no, not really. Okay. It's still
0: slow. Let me try. So, let, me, let me try this out for you, and and because we're getting close to the end here, I want to see if I can okay. get this out for you. My my daughter and son in law just ran. They they ran into this with a, a new used computer that he got. It was so slow. I took it. I worked on a little bit, and it. Anyway, they found out that it was two antivirus programs competing, McAfee. Oh was, was locking horns with, um, uh, malware bytes. And as a result of those two things being on there, it was slowing Uh things down terribly. So what he did was, now, what operating system are you running? Uh, 10. Windows 10. What they did was they pulled Mac, they pulled malware bytes and McAfee both off. Just completely uninstall them and boom, the internet's back and it's flying along from, and they're depending
4: on Windows Defender to protect right. them. Oh, that's interesting. Okay. So uh, you go into the control panel or you can go into the search right. bar in the bottom left uh-huh, and type right. in programs and features and, uh-huh. then, and then have it uh, scroll so through the Windows list. So
1: Windows Defender is sufficient?
0: Yeah. Windows Defender is it's built in. It's pretty, well, pretty so, good. So actually you had three.
2: Yeah, oh, exactly. Right. I so do, by I taking I the two away...
5: and malware bytes. There so, you
2: go. So by taking the two away, you made it great again. And by oh. my, my, I can tell you this. My
0: son-in-law just told me last night uh, mm-hmm. Tim said it works wonderfully now, and the solution was oh. pulling off those two pieces of software, wow. and boom, you're done. All right? Wow, that's awesome. All right, Thank Jenny. Thank glad so much. All right. Thank you. I Thank hope you rock the Internet with that. Thanks so much for everybody being here with us. You've been listening to the Internet Advisor Show. Detroit's longest-running, locally-produced computer show, with Foster Brown, Gary Baker, and our team of experts. For more information about our weekly show, to ask a question of our experts, or find the show notes for this podcast, visit internetadvisor.net. And look for us on Facebook and Twitter. Don't forget to check the other great podcasts available on this podcastdetroit.com network. Thank you for listening.